New York City has become sort of television central. Mm -hmm. um, I believe there are 67 different um, motion picture projects, television projects working in New York today. We're sort of at the, at the stage where it, it's a lot like if you build it, they will come. She's the business agent who represents the workers behind the scenes on so many popular TV series, films, Broadway shows, an industry that's exploding in large part because of something we've fought hard for here at the New York State AFL-CIO, the film tax credit. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. Now on the podcast is Cecilia Fredericks, who's the national business agent at United Scenic Artists Local 829 or USA 829 as it's known. So your local is not only affiliated with us at the New York State AFL-CIO, you're affiliated with IATSE, which is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. And Cecilia, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Um, so let's start by talking about USA 829, your union. Um, who are your members? Our members are uh, artists and designers who work in both live performance, network television, motion picture production, and scenery suppliers uh, businesses. Uh, we are coming up on our 125th anniversary. Oh, okay. Um, so we've been around a long time. We started as just scenic artists, um, grew to include designers throughout the 1920s through the 50s, 60s. Our latest categories are projection design and sound designers um, who in the last 10, 12 years and I, maybe 20 years is closer. Time flies because <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this a while. They are, as I said, artists and craftsmen, scenery designers, uh, production designers, art directors in motion pictures, costume designers, lighting designers, sound and projection designers, okay. um, and of course, scenic artists, which was our first craft. So how does someone become a member of your union? Well, it depends a little bit whether or not uh, you are a designer or a scenic artist. Mm -hmm. um, in, in both cases, there's a lot of training that happens before people join. Um, we actually have a very active exam system mm -hmm. where people register to take an exam. And what we're examining is their, you know, their skill to perform on the job. If you are a, we, we are well paid. There is no question about that. Because of the union. Because of the union. And there's no there's no room for somebody to walk onto the job who can't do the job. Mm -hmm. There's not uh there's not really much unskilled labor involved. So in order to command the money that we command, a, a scenic artist, for instance, has to be able to walk onto a movie set and do the job, do it now, do it quickly and efficiently and perform. So we have um, a whole system of, of entry exams that move people through and into membership. So is there, um, I would imagine with all these popular series, like I've noticed that um, you had some awards, you have a lot of awards that your members receive, but some of them recently um, included awards for some work on the popular series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Who gives a toast at her own wedding? I do. <laughs> I love this man. And yes, there is shrimp in the egg rolls. 
So with things like those series becoming so popular and they're just churning them out, the demand, people want another one, another one, another one. That's got to create a lot of jobs for this industry, I would imagine. Our business has um, continues to grow and has been growing for in, in motion picture production, uh, primarily series television, New York City has become sort of television central. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there are 67 different um, motion picture projects, television projects working in New York today, um, which is very, very different from 20 years ago. That's, I was wondering how do you compare to what? Like how, how much has it increased? Um, Does it have that many studios now? tenfold. Wow. I mean, our our membership since 1996, when I first got involved, has doubled. Mm-hmm. We just crested 5,000 people in our local. We're constantly bringing in new members because we continue to grow the workforce, mm-hmm. and we've been trying to be very proactive in that, in growing the workforce and making sure that there are really qualified people to send out to jobs. And since, as you pointed out, these are good jobs with benefits, um, I would imagine people stay. So do you have, is there any kind of, um, as we see in other industries, that turnover where you get these baby boomers now who are going to be retiring out and you've got to fill backfill that? Is that an issue you're facing in your industry too or not so much? I, I think it's an industry. I, I think it's in every industry but it's one that we're trying to pay attention to and make sure that there are younger people coming up to, to do the work. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I actually look at that sort of stuff a lot, the numbers, the mm-hmm. age range of our members. And it's, it's good to see that there is a healthy curve, mm-hmm. you know, in the age department um, of people coming up to do the work. So and a constant flow a constant flow to support to support the work which we hope is going to stay at the same level. Well, when you uh, that I saw a New York Times story recently with Robert De Niro um planning for a big studio it sounds like in Queens and and you mentioned with all this additional work a lot of that's probably tied to the film tax credit which is making it more appealing to do this work here in New York State. Uh, incentives have created an enormous amount of work for uh, all of us in New York. I, I, I think there's something like over 300 productions going on. The question that gets asked is why should we be supporting these huge corporations and these rich filmmakers and producers and directors and famous actors who make millions of dollars, but the fact is the film incentives don't go to them. They go to what we call below the line, which are the film workers. And there's a lot of us. One show alone could have 250, 300 people. I've been able to... It, it is. Um, we all read that article with excitement that another studio was going to be built and that Mr. De Niro was going to be doing it. Um, we're sort of at the at the stage where it, it's a lot like if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. Every stage that is opened is filled. Every, every working space um, is almost immediately uh, utilized to, and there's a waiting list for you know, people to get space to do things. And and in part, of, you know, some of that is because it's series television. Mm-hmm. So they are, when they're in a space, it's often for six months at a time. Um, we also have some major features uh, shooting in New York. And um, so it it's very busy. And you had mentioned, so there's this exam for new members coming in. So the threshold is high. They have to 
know what they're doing. You don't want to send people in who aren't prepared. You want a, a highly skilled workforce. So they pass on uh, that exam. And then, I mean, is it, is it, it's, I guess I'm curious how it works with the the work itself. Like, is it a normal full-time 40 hour work week type of thing or how does that work? In, well, it depends what part of the industry you're talking about, but no, it is not a normal 40-hour work week. The, the hours are quite demanding. In, mm-hmm. in film and television production, the hours in a different way are demanding when you're designing in live performance. Um, but the motion picture production tends to be 12-hour days, 10 to 12-hour days, for, for our folks, and, and, and sometimes longer for shooting crews, which we're not really on the shooting crew. Um, and, and it's an issue. It's a very grueling uh, process. And time, that, you know, time is money in well, every single say, way you can think of. Right, when you're renting that studio time, yeah, they want to just crank that out, and I'm sure there's sometimes you're dealing with even weather is an there, issue. Yes, weather, because they do, you know, part of the reason that production comes to New York, New York City area, well, the whole state of New York is to utilize the the physical features that are already there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's there seems to be a great fondness for, for shooting features or shooting television series in old abandoned warehouses um, for the atmosphere, whether or not that, which is a, a thing that brings up some safety concerns, but it is part of part of the look that uh, is always being sought. And then, of course, there's just clearly, as we all know, there's a lot of places of very great natural beauty throughout state the state of New York where mm-hmm. filming is done as well. So that must be one of the things that you try to do to with representing your members. Um, is to kind of manage that as best you can in contracts, I would imagine, with those kind of working conditions that you mentioned, the long days, the health and safety issues. The health and safety issues uh, we try to deal with on a very immediate level. Um, We have on our staff um, two people who are safety reps, uh, one of whom is Beverly Miller, who is also our president, who has been a safety rep with us for a long time. We also employ a uh, an incredibly well-known uh, industrial hygienist, Monona Russell, who advises us. Um, and we send reps to, we try to send them to every set to see, to make sure that things are safe. We try to encourage our members to call in you know, on the theory that if it looks bad, smells bad, um, if there is uh, refuse and animal waste and so on, the first thing you do is you pick up the phone and we come and make sure that there is remediation before, hopefully before the people go in. So you're, you deal with the, with the safety issues, the health and safety, that's a priority um, for your members. You also have um, an active apprenticeship program. In scenic art itself, we have a very active apprenticeship program, um, which keeps growing. As the work grows, the demand for our apprentices becomes higher. Um, it's a, again, it's a rigorous testing program to get in. Um, and the people who are selected, they both work on the job and they do several hundred hours of classroom training over the course of three years. And again, the idea being that this creates and a, a new workforce, you know, a growing and, and 
continually renewing, I guess renewing is the word I'm looking for, renewed workforce for the future. We're very concerned about the future of the local. We try to always keep it in mind when we're making decisions. Do you um, ever reach out to any of the schools at all to to make sure that, you know, you still have people interested in that industry? I mean, you really need to have, uh, you know, younger people coming up in this field to meet this demand. Most of, I, I, you know, it's like you don't want to hex something, but we have never had trouble getting members. Well, it's um, an interesting industry. I mean, it's like you said, it's grueling, but it's got to be a great job to do. I, I think that it is. It is a great job. And, you know, it's it's more than a job. It's it's a career. And mm-hmm. a, a, on a certain level, artists are born. Mm-hmm. And so what we provide is a way for people to live their life as an artist and have their work life as an artist and still have good health insurance, a good retirement. Because our people generally, they, they very few of them are full-time employees anywhere. They work project to project. So how they, they're really, there would be no way for them to accumulate retirement savings and to have a group health insurance plan except through the union. So this is an incredibly important part of what we do. But most of our folks come through either art schools or theater training schools. Uh, A vast majority of our members have four-year degrees, and actually probably a majority of them have Master of Fine Arts degrees. That's fantastic. That's great. You have uh, some designers um, worked on Hamilton, or are still. We did. um, Actually, all of the designers of Hamilton. I'm past patiently waiting, I'm passionately smashing every expectation, every action's an act of creation. I'm laughing in the face of casualties of sorrow. The first time I'm thinking past We have had a collective bargaining agreement with the, the Broadway League for a long time, uh, since the 70s. And um, so everyone who designs on Broadway is covered under that agreement. Uh, the most recent addition is projection designers and sound designers, but the the scenery, costume, and lighting design history goes back to the beginning of that contract. Projection design being a fairly new craft, mm-hmm. as these things go. <laughs> and now, I know you, in May, you signed what's been described as a landmark new Broadway agreement. What made that agreement stand out? Well, in part, it was how the agreement was arrived at. Um, the Broadway business is one that has changed a lot over the decades. Um, you know, on a certain level, Broadway is still a, a kind of a mom and pop business. It's it's very personal. There's a certain group of Broadway producers who, you know, what I call change partners in dance and produce all the different shows and so mm-hmm. on. But still, the it has become a worldwide business and um, not just a New York business. Um, so... There were there were some issues that we were having a hard time with that in part were based on just changes in technology and definitions uh, that no longer, the pay scale was sort of based on definitions that were no longer mutually agreed upon. Mm-hmm. And so we thought um, that we would try to perhaps deal with some of these, these two main issues that were being lots of grievances and pending arbitrations and settle them ahead of time in order that they did not hijack the whole process when we sat down at the table. 
And so what that grew into was that um, Carl Mueller, who is our business rep who runs our live performance department for me, and the two co-chairs of the Broadway Labor Committee, just the four of us sat down and we began to see if we couldn't work on two issues. And as this progressed, we kept expanding the conversation and expanding the conversation until essentially by the time we were finished, and it took almost a year, about two-thirds of the contract had been changed. A lot of things had been revamped in order to make them really fit the way business is done now, Mm -hmm. um, to fit the fact that this is an international business um, where designers' designs are used for companies all over the world subsequent to Broadway. And um, uh, many other many other issues. Uh, so the there never was a formal bargaining sessions across the table either. Mm-hmm. There was just the the four people in a room talking about ideas, and you don't get that opportunity very often. That where you can have the a the trust with one of your bargaining bargaining partners, mm-hmm. but also um, simply the, the the opportunity to really talk about a contract based on what both sides would find helpful or mm-hmm. useful rather than, you know, tit for tat trading, nickel for dime, here for that, every word costs money. We we didn't do that. And so it was it was a very unique experience and the result was I mean the ratification meeting, the explanation of the changes took three hours. Wow. To the membership. So that was a complete revamp, really. It it really was. It really was. A huge parts of it are revamped. Well, good for you. Congratulations. Well, thank on you. That. Thank you. We're hoping that it, you know, this took, this was after 45 years of this contract existing. So mm-hmm. what we're hoping is that it puts energy and life into this contract for the next 45 years. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you coming on the program. Um, We're going to make sure we include a link on our uh, notes so that people can learn more about USA 829. And um, I think when we watch all these shows and enjoy them, now you've given us some insight on the folks who are behind the scenes doing this important work. So thank you very much, Cecilia, for coming on the program. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. Joining me now on the program is our digital director and also the engineer of the podcast, Kevin Eitzman. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Darcy. How are you? Good. That was interesting hearing about the people behind the scenes. You know, you don't think about them that often, but there's so much to it. I, I mean, I I definitely consume probably more than my fair share of TV and movies. <laughs> I enjoy it quite a bit. And you, and you don't realize that that everybody, all the work that's going behind, it's not, you know, it's not just appearing naturally there. There's a, mm-hmm. there's people doing 12, 14 hour days that, sh- that she was talking about that have a lot of skill set, degrees, you know, passing tests to get there. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, it was kind of eye opening to, to realize how much work goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. That's been great careers. Um, they produce, she was talking about the film tax credit money and how much that has helped with the industry that her members work in. And, um, yeah. 
And then we were speaking after the interview about how they're really trying to focus that money out in like Syracuse and Buffalo. Apparently, there's a lot of production going out on in those regions as well. Right. The the knock, you know, is people say, oh, that's just for New York City. It's just New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, but she was really emphasizing that that they're building out crews in Syracuse and Buffalo and Rochester uh, because they want to be able to have people there to do the work. Uh, it's not always cost efficient to to be, you know, bring someone bring from somebody out from State, New York City yeah. and you have over night and you have hotels and you have all the other the other stuff so they're they're expanding across the state and it's really good for tourism it's good for restaurants it's good for everything to be able to you know have these locations all over the state instead of uh, just one place and the film tax credit has made a big difference for that. She said that her membership more than doubled. Yeah, that's incredible. Right. And it's, I think it's going to just continue as, you know, we were talking about. So um, if you can, we'll put up a link uh, to their to USA uh, 829 so people can learn more about who those members are that she represents. And if you're interested in being part of the union, that information, we can make that available as well. Yeah, and I think when you looked on the website, they wanted a bunch of awards yeah, too, right? Yeah, so, it was interesting on yeah. all the different films and the productions. It Very was. cool. Thanks, Kevin. And for the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells. Thanks for listening. And remember to stay union and stay strong.